AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. My check. You're listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Dope. Yeah, yeah. We waiting on reparations. Dope. Dope. Wearing they can take handkerchiefs, calling them George Curry, but they sentenced in Brent Hankerson to jail judge jury. Yeah, that beauty's raking in a whale ton of money, but ain't they taking the golden girls about your library? Feel like y'all ain't fucking hearing me. Nah. Have I said it wrong? Defund the CIA and the cops and the Pentagon. I don't give a fuck. Make them raise their money with the telethon. The racism that makes them sick is setting sons and send them off. Put incentive on keeping up people housing, showered and allowance in our pouch and all our kitchen fridges, chicken stock. You won't have to spend it on keeping them prison locked. I really don't fucking understand what makes this decision hard. I was knowing they ain't give a fuck about my black life back when you was playing Half-Life. A baby in a well was the way I baptized. A scar where I fell, but it made me mad nice. True story. Move for me. Your crew's corny and I'm too sorry. Plus, I leave your crew glory. I'm a true Voorhees. Boy, please, I ain't afraid of no harm. The fuck they gonna do? Shoot me while I'm unarmed. Wish that I could do like Valis disappear in a farm. Then I hear a sound die and someone rings the alarm. And I'm back in it. I can't help being a damn cynic. This damn planet got a lot of fucking whack in it. I don't need no cash. So she your path. What C note stack? I mostly smoke hash. More green than OPO stash. But the same brick used to whip Debo's ass. Yo. Yo. My name's Dope Knife. I'm Lingo Franca. And we are waiting, waiting on, on reparations. reparations. Hurry up. Fuck. How are you doing, Mac? I've been good. Yeah. Another week in Corona land. Been productive. You know, my comic book is almost getting done. When do I get to see it? You're the one that I'm nervous about seeing it. Why? I want to see it. Okay. I mean, I'm going to let you see it. Fucking I've been, let me see it. Do I've shared guys. it with a few people and they're digging fucking where it's at. show me it. It's like, it's not it's not finished, but it's getting there. It's don't getting... fucking care. <laughs> show me it. How was your week? Uh, my week's been fine. I mean, starting to try to pivot politically, having been defeated and defunding the police. <laughs> I heard about that. So your proposal got voted down. And uh, so, I mean, it's really funny because I saw one of my, I was talking to my friends about like task forces and how like they're this like unique kind of bureaucratic nightmare where so many good ideas go to task force to die. And that is the level of groveling. I think sometimes they even they use like task force to kind of placate the yeah 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 oh the they pat you on the head they pat you on the head they give you a task force yeah <laughs> and so I'm shifting to like okay maybe holding out hope but if we can get some really dope people on this like task force who are like abolitionists yeah. or like down to defund the police well I mean it's, okay so explain because to a cat like me it's like. You know, you hear phrases like, hey, we're setting up a task force. We're going to discuss these issues. Like, what does that mean in real life? Like, and not like political speak. Like, what does a task force actually do when they set it up? 
So, like, they're given some things to think about, like some goals. <laughs> so, like, hey, figure out these things. And they kind of just shove them in a broom closet together, and the lights you- off. And then um, all the people with, like, really entrenched, like, institutional power shout over everyone that is, like, normal and uh, good. And especially if, you know, this task force, you know, being tasked with addressing community uh, building and public safety, if a yeah. bunch of cops are on there, just like gripping their guns at like formerly incarcerated people trying to tell their stories of how they've been harmed by like the police. Yeah. So that's going to be really great. That's what that's going to be. Unless we can get people out here on in these streets still believing that we can still win some things, even if we lost a lot of what we wanted. <laughs> that doesn't sound like an environment where you can like get tasks done. Exactly. Oh, so, I mean, so then you're not, are you not hopeful? I mean, what I've seen lately is that, like, public pressure campaigns just make elected officials really nervous and they kind of, like, may tuck their tail between their legs and, like, scurry to a corner angrily and, like, raise their hackles at you if you just demand what you want in mass, which is what has been happening. And so um, I don't know where to go from here. That's the only tactic I am aware of. There's <laughs> people in the streets, like, and then, then these people just run and well, hide. I mean, I think the next step is, like, because, I mean, surely the people in the streets wasn't going to last forever. But at the same time, I think if you if it can kind of be harnessed Oh, and make no organized. mistake. I'm not saying this is even kind of over. Yeah. I'm about to be in these streets, goddammit. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's over, but, yeah. you know, it's definitely not a month ago. It's definitely not a month ago. Hopefully the you guys can can get some of those Man, tasks whatever. Done. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm so fucking mad. <laughs> I don't want to even talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no. You even took a whole bottle of Moscato to the dome. Yeah, so... I'm, I didn't say nothing. I was just, I'm just saying I felt your pain. I'm your roommate. I was just chilling, I, man. I was just <laughs> I had the news on all weekend in the background while I was drawn. So I've been seeing this nigga Trump just suffer implosions right before our very eyes. Which one? I mean, I just mean the total thing. Obviously, it's still like four or five months out from the election. So anything can happen. But my God. As somebody who's been just an observer of, like, political theater for a long time, this nigga's doing pretty bad at it. I mean, you're either talking about his white power hissy fit the other day. There's mild to industrial strength treason. This shit's just, it's a shit show. So last week we were talking about the J. Cole and No Name situation, which Mm -hmm. more or less had to do with artists using their platform and voice to speak on the current situation at hand. And that started off a, you know, further conversation that we had off of the mic as to whether or not artists have an inherent responsibility to use their voice and to use their art and their platform to speak out about, you know, our troubled times as they are. As well as just like what their what their participation in various forms of like activism means and like look at some of the different ways people are engaging the present moment. We wanted to start off by asking some folks on Instagram. Are artists responsible for using their platforms to amplify social movements in times like these? Gonzarific says, yes, absolutely. Artists are tuned in people who know what's going on in the world. If they're using social media to communicate, that's not a one-sided act. Most people know what side they're on. Good point. So if they're not saying anything, that's saying something. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. Um, I've actually seen a couple situations where people have commented, "Ah, man, I've been waiting like weeks for the artist that I like to say something and they, they're like <laughs> posting they're posting about other yeah. shit and I was just like it's like damn that was a really hard unfollow cause now I know where they stand yeah. you know and it's like don't go putting motherfuckers on a pedestal yeah always love music says only if the artist truly believes in the movement it's honestly frustrating watching people post slash repost things if they're not actually doing the work themselves. By work, I mean educating both themselves and those around them outside the social media bubble. Who cares if it's not part of your actual dialogue in real life? I feel that too, though. I mean, I would rather someone like 
And I guess we'll get into this later in the show, like what I think real solidarity looks like and is. But like, yeah, if you are faking it, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's going to be a recurring thing that I'm going to say all episode is in times like these, I think authenticity is pretty important, too. So on one hand, I do understand, you know, that line of if your fans or if people just in general see you not saying anything, then they take your silence as a cue for where you stand. Not wanting to stay silent and having people think that you don't care, that you're not, you know, think that your position is something it isn't. But at the same time, you know, I'm an artist, too, and. It is your art to make of it what you want to. So if you don't feel like expressing that, hey, that's on you. Like, whether I agree with the message or not, if the message isn't genuine, then it's just propaganda, not really a message. And I feel like this gets into somewhat of something someone else said. Uh, Action brand owner said, mixed. If they have the ability to convey the message, yes. No, because not all artists are created equal. We use the word artist too loosely these days and expect those who entertain us to have something viable to say. I think it all comes down to people wanting to be entertained by their favorite personality. Do I want Talib Kweli speaking on current issues? Yes. Do I want Mike Tyson speaking on current issues? Hey, Mike Tyson There's got jewels. reason. I think this is interesting. Nina Simone's voice amplified the movement and Cap Calloway's amplified the culture. So some people really just shouldn't speak on shit, maybe. I agree. The same, you know, some people just really shouldn't speak on shit. You ever heard the Dave Chappelle stand-up bit about Ja Rule, where he's watching, like, I think MTV or something, or the news, or something after 9-11, and they're they're talking to Ja Rule, and he's thinking, damn, do I really want to hear what Ja Rule has to say at a time like this? So he's like, where's Ja? I mean, I get that. It's funny. At the same time, you know, just personally speaking, I got to admit that a lot of my political interest was unlocked by listening to like Ice-T and shit when I was a kid. So I do think that somebody hearing their favorite artist or favorite rapper, what they, you know, what they have to say about an important issue of the day. I do think it kind of makes a difference to be sappy with it. That kind of reminds me of what Evan Tyre said. He says, I think artists are always responsible for that. Though sometimes the movement can be as simple as reminding people what joy feels like, which can be pretty radical. And I think especially in like times like these where people are facing such economic austerity and like health concerns and just like really unsure futures like it can be somewhat liberatory just to be able to forget that for a little while they should as long as they know what they're talking about and know how to effectively communicate the message recent releases from people like kemba or mourning a black star are great but if you're going to give me another montage of celebrities with a week Let's dream of a better world bullshit. Get the fuck out. And that I cannot agree more with. And I mean, if you look historically, like back during the civil rights era, like 1954, 1968, like we can think about some of the precursors and previous movements of like black artists, like what their response has been as like a precedent for where we are now. You still had folks like Marvin Gaye creating hits like What's Going On and Sly and the Family Stone with songs like Everyday People. They might not have like an explicit like policy thing to it or anything. It still resonates as songs of struggle all these decades later, I feel. How would you describe the difference between the art and the platform? Like, are oh, those two different yeah. things? Or are we just generally speaking on the same thing? Because the art is like the music and the songs and the music videos and stuff. And then the platform is like, huh, I just got Taco Bell at 4 a.m. But a thousand people still see that, even if it's not your art anymore. And so there's the social media component to it. But I'd like to talk a lot about, I think I said earlier, like solidarity and what it looks like. Because like there's the platform and then it's like, as a celebrity, what do you do with your time and your money and like your physical presence for people as well? Because you have like access to weird amounts of influence, but also like cash. Also, you can do really interesting things with your time to draw attention to these movements. And so like all of those different ways of like engaging with them. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. 
connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So let's talk a little bit about who's been out in the streets. And I specifically want to talk about this is, I think, one of the most important ways that like artists can engage with the movement. Because, I mean, everyone has their part to play from signing petitions to like, you know, amplifying messages on social media to making really large donations, which you can do when you're famous, which I have different feelings about. But when you're putting yourself in harm's way with the people... It's like really powerful. It's like really democratizing in a way because it puts you on the same playing field as the people that respect you so much. Um, so you're no longer a celebrity. You're just a regular person sitting with regular people for justice. And I think that like that's the hardest thing for people to do. Uh, and so like showing up for the movement in that way uh, means a lot for the people who are there, who are you know also doing the hardest work. And so. Um, it just means a lot to me when people actually fucking get out there. Uh, I agree. To reiterate is like when you have a platform and eyes are on you, you know, it's just it just creates an opportunity for you to bring awareness to issues that people generally wouldn't be able to or wouldn't be open to paying attention to. Like you use the example of going to Taco Bell. You can have 50,000 people know that you went to Taco Bell. So think if you were, like, using that to draw totally. attention to something that's important. Totally, yeah. Like, you have a lot of people who are, like, posting about it. But then you have the fact that, like, J. Cole went to a protest in North Carolina in Fayetteville on May 30th. But he was spotted. He was spotted by folks. Um, and then he actually declined to speak on camera. And I think that, like, that sort of presence, especially, I mean, people are going to fucking know you're there. You're fucking J. Cole, whatever. But, uh, but like, just making yourself one with with people in it it makes it it makes it not about you yeah 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 yeah. like it's just a really humbling thing that i like wish more people would do not but also i see the same thing you're saying of like using like your presence to amplify to like draw people in in the sense of like oh i could be that could be me i could be out there well yeah i mean the next person we're about to mention uh california rapper yg just in terms of keeping a low profile he did the exact opposite where he in collaboration with black lives matter and build power ended up bringing tens of thousands of people to hollywood boulevard and they were blasting his music and it was it was all like a peaceful protest but it did seem like he was front and center of it you know but kind stepping of up into a position of leadership in these things. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that sort of that fits his persona as a as an artist. Yeah. So that's authentic, you know? And I feel like J. Cole to like just show up at a protest and not really be front and center and no, I'm not gonna speak and just kinda be incognito. 
I think that fits his persona too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Oh, the thing about YG though, I almost missed this. So he said they hear FTP and they think I'm gonna come and burn my city. So we showed up and we did it right. We proved them wrong. He wrote this on Instagram. Um, but then later on Instagram, he said, all of us protesting are on the same side here. Instead of questioning each other's acti- activism, should be directing the energy of the cops and the government and helping create change we want to see. And so I just feel like there's conflicting messages here. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, but although I don't necessarily think that, you know, calling for unity amongst the activists and trying to direct anger towards the government and the police is necessarily synonymous with let's burn this shit down though. That's not unity among protesters. No, no, not at all. Um, even little Yachty was uh, leading a peaceful protest in Atlanta. He had his uh, bullhorn talking about we gotta stand for something or we'll fall for anything. You know, doing his little thing. Hey, it's even, even rappers who aren't known for speaking about social change or social justice or anything like that. The more voices on the subject, the better. So bravo to little Yachty. Oh, and I, I saw a, a thread on Instagram, the uh, 23-year-old Alabama rapper Chica. Um, she posted some uh, Instagram stories and Instagram videos just documenting her experience in yeah. one of the protests. Uh, she ended up getting arrested. Detained, right? Yeah, yeah detained. Yeah. I think her manager got locked up and... In helping or defending a manager, yeah, we need celebrities getting arrested. That's what we need. Celebrities getting arrested because you know who's gonna be fine when they get arrested? Fucking Beyonce. Beyonce should be in jail right now. And everybody who's in the cell with Beyonce is gonna probably be fine too. Everybody in the cell with Beyonce (laughs) gonna be fine. So, So, yeah, no, we need more celebrities getting arrested, is what we need right now. I've recently come to terms with my potential arrest. I was brought to my attention that I hadn't been getting a permit for these uh, caravans I've been having. And some city manager called me and was just like, yeah, you get a permit. And, you know, it's organized by many people. So I, you know, did say I would pass the information along to the organizers. But, like, it's not a protest if, if you ask. Did you, for, did you forget or you were just like, fuck it? Oh, no. I mean, like, I forgot. But also, like, it, you don't ask for permission to have a protest. <laughs> no, 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 no. And so uh, the cops might be less nice um, in future ones, but you know the tactic. One of the tactics with well, I shouldn't talk about yeah, tactics. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. Yeah. Okay. No, well, no. There's, there's gonna be fine. Is all I want to no. say is that it's gonna be fine. Um, Are you mental? Have you ever been arrested before? Yeah, I've been arrested before. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. all right. Then yeah, I will have my shit way more together this okay. time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm assuming that the last time it wasn't for anything important. No, I was still in fucking booze, dude. Yeah. 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 It's fucking stealing alcohol. Yeah. Shit, when I used to get arrested in high school for the same reasons, it was when I was living in Cameroon, which is why I haven't been arrested since I've been living in the States as an adult, because it's like, once you've been in a Cameroonian jail, you're good on all that jail shit. On June 7th, uh, Kendrick Lamar was uh, protesting in Compton. He kind of did the same thing that J. Cole did, where, you know, he showed up incognito. Wasn't too much fanfare around it, didn't draw too much attention to himself. Again, I like that. Yeah, and then Kanye also showed up to a Chicago protest on June 4th, but also he donated $2 million to support the family and legal teams of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery. Um, Some of the money donated would fully cover college tuition for George Floyd's six-year-old daughter, Gianna. But I don't know how I feel about Kanye doing anything. Well, I mean, what are your initial initial feelings? Well, I feel like fucking money, like throwing your money around is like the least, like, charity is a problem. Charity is like, shouldn't exist. Like, everybody should just have all the stuff they need. Like, I guess as a socialist, like, that's how I always feel. So, like, Kanye shouldn't have enough money that he can give $2 million to someone because their co- their dad got murdered by police. You just have a world where people don't get murdered by police and everybody, because we don't have the crazy amount of wealth inequality we have in this country. So, anyway, but I, so, I, like, I, 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 I just feel fucking you. donating money to fucking charity. I feel like you, but I mean, the me. fact remains that we do have a world where people have that much money. I mean, I. But what I, is Kanye doing to like to like distri- redistribute his wealth? I mean, we should de- we should do a deep dive, and you know what? Let's not get sidetracked because we should probably do a deep dive into Kanye on an episode. 
the complicated politics of Kanye West or some shit. But I did want to look at um, what LeBron James is doing a little bit. And I mean, I know he's an athlete, but I figured the hip hop tie in is that for the last 17 years, LeBron James has had this almost symbiotic relationship with mainstream hip hop and mainstream rappers. I mean, he's been referenced in countless songs. He's friends with a bunch of rappers. Uh, he even executive produced uh, 2 Chainz's latest album. Nine times out of ten, there's no mainstream rapper that we're not we're going to talk about that doesn't have some sort of connection to LeBron James. So that's the hip-hop tie-in. But um, he's actually taken the initiative of starting an organization called More Than a Vote. Uh, per the New York Times, he s started the More Than a Vote which was initially funded by James and his business manager, Maverick Carter, while ESPN commentator Jalen Rose, as well as current basketball stars Trey Young and Skylar Diggins-Smith are also involved in the organization. The nonprofit will team up with voting rights groups to register black voters. James said he will use his large social media following to draw attention to the efforts to suppress the vote in racial minorities. James said the death of Floyd pushed him to consider taking more action, and that was starting with Tuesday after he saw the bullshit that went down with the Georgia primary election. So, with calls to voting, I mean, we hope that we can circumvent another catastrophe like we had in the Georgia primary when it comes to November, and I think that definitely boosting youth turnout and the black vote is really critical to ushering in a different era but like helping but all that and getting people involved in the, <clears throat> the many kinds of civics that are possible because even if democrats win in november we're gonna have to push them on things like medicare for all on dismantling the prison industrial complex that's not they helped architect it and they're gonna need to be pushed left on those issues and so um as long as like calls to action around voting are coupled with like education on how voting is a part of a broader spectrum of actions i'm down with it i just don't want people to get caught up on like well this is the only way to participate i 100 percent agree with that like 100 percent agree yeah. with that. yeah so we've got calls to vote we've got people taking to the streets we've got people using their platforms retweeting or posting pictures of them at these event themselves at these events to help bring awareness to the ongoing you know like the, the mainstream media wants to say this is pretty much uh, it's all over but yeah, like it's when we actually get that reporting from on the ground of people of prominence who are spreading that awareness that this is still happening helps like renew that fight by bringing more people into it and then you have you know earlier we were talking a little bit about charity Kanye West had donated money to the legal teams and families of George Floyd and others and so I talked a little bit about my problem with charity how it still maintains the power structure that we still have black capitalists at the top making money off slave labor for you know people building their fashion brands in bangladesh they're essentially taking the whole loaf of bread and then giving slices back to the people make rather than make sure everyone has bread in the first place and that's kind of what i felt about the um con not controversy but like the beef a couple of days ago between make Meek Mill and Trey songs they were going back and forth at each other on Meek's Instagram about mm. who's donated more to charity oh I didn't even hear about that yeah and Trey commented on Meek's account of him, a picture of him holding several hundred dollar bills um, asking Meek to donate to a good uh, donate to a good cause he said take some of them bands and accept the feed your community challenge and so they kind of went back and forth about how much money that they've donated. You know, oh, I've donated 200K to Philadelphia schools. I helped raise $50 million for reform. You know, Meek Mills has been yeah. involved in the Reform Alliance. We'll be mentioning that in future episodes. Yeah, it's just going to come up in a future episode. But, man, like... Yeah, nah, there's something about that that's, like, really feels kind of disconnected, don't you think? Especially given the exact moment of time that we're in where we're under this hard to hit economic recession it's like even though i understand they're talking about money being put towards things that are i guess good causes but still there's there's something almost inherently gross about well i dropped i raised 50 million for no, this no that definitely oh, is like inherently a little gross yeah but like you know we all pay taxes we all pay taxes trey songs pays taxes mcmill pays taxes mm -hmm. probably i mean i'm assuming they all pay taxes i kind of pay my taxes but like make the government fund these things we shouldn't be like groveling to celebrities to like 
feed our communities and fund our schools. Like, we all pay into the system. We should all be getting an equal benefit from it. Yeah. Which I guess is why I wish people would spend more time on, like, calling for us to to fund the fucking police then we do bickering over who donates more money to those organizations that could use that police funding instead yeah I mean it's kind of like uh, you know the saying that people say like GoFundMe shouldn't have to be people's healthcare plan exactly <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts connect the alarm Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, so for the music discussion, I mean, first of all, speaking of music, did you get a chance to watch any of the BT Awards? I did. Um, I saw, you know, Anderson Pack shouting out black trans victims mm. at the BT Awards. I thought that was dope. Way to use your platform because uh, black trans folks are definitely, I mean, like, have the highest rate murder rates of any population. Yeah. And definitely when we talk about saying their names their names don't get said as much because there's still a lot of like transphobia and homophobia in the hip-hop community in the black community and then especially to like have it highlighted like that yeah what did you think i mean i thought it was cool there was there was a lot of interesting things it was kind of uh, odd you know it's still odd watching these award shows that are kind of live streamed now with social distancing and stuff it's it takes some getting used to, but I thought there was some cool stuff. I like that uh, remix, if you want to call it that, or update of Fight the Power that they did. Yeah. That was we are actually going to be going a bit more in-depth into the song Fight the Power, the public enemy song Fight the Power, but at the BET Awards, they did a rendition of it that had partially the original song with Chuck D and Flavor Flav, but then they added in a verse from Nas, Rhapsody, Black Thought, YG, it actually turned out really dope. I, I, I liked it. Um, but that just got me thinking for the music discussion for this episode. You know, with everything that's happened in the last month and some change, there's actually been a good amount of music that's been made either directly about the George Floyd murder or the protests that have been going on ever since. So that's what we're going to be taking a look at today, which 
you know, we might as well start with the uh, Anderson Pack lockdown song. Let's check this out. Yeah, so lockdown, I think itself, it addresses a number of intertwining political crises that are engulfing the nation right now, from the pandemic to rising unemployment rates, as well as the uprising itself. So lockdown here could be used to refer to the pandemic shutdowns of, you know, businesses, bars, restaurants, etc., or curfews being put in place to stop people from exercising their First Amendment rights. And I feel like of the songs that we look at today, it's one of the more incisive descriptions of the moment I've heard because of its kind of all-encompassing nature. But then in describing, you know, looting in first person, he's speaking some real shit about protest safety when he says, little tear gas cleared the whole place out. I'll be back with the hazmat for the next round. He was trying to protest and the fires broke out. Look out for the secret agents. They'd be planted in the crowd. Like, this is some real shit. Straight up mention the agent provocateurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Anderson Pack is always dope, yo. I mean, for me, it's like... I thought you didn't like those singy rappers. I mean, I'm not a, the biggest fan of the singy rappers, but I kind of look at Anderson Pack more as of a singer. So in that, in that regard, it seems more like he's a singer who is rapping. You know what I'm saying? Which kind yeah. of makes the rapping more impressive because it's like, oh man, he's like pretty good for a guy who's. Like, How do you feel about him making looting seem really cool in this song? It's interesting. It's, it makes it not preachy. You know what I'm saying? He's and not preachy. He's just like I'm yeah. on the I'm on the bo- I'm on the boardwalk. I'm on the boulevard. I'm I putting the mannequins in my in the back back of my car. Like, I I mean, obviously, I don't know what he's thinking. I doubt that he means it literally, but like that just ain't for the yeah. yeah, I mean, like for the. The sake of art, it's like you get get yourself in the mind frame of the character that you're playing. I get that. I yeah, he's that. done really powerful what I perceive are probably fictions before songs like Milk and Honey, where he describes like you know taking all this money from this sugar mama and then like getting busted and going to jail with bricks. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you yeah, know, like it's a really great story. Yeah, it's a dope story. Yeah, it's a dope story. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of dope, um, the next joint is uh, Front Lines by Conway the Machine. Now, Griselda are always bringing that heat. What did you think about this? I thought this was interesting because it's kind of like a, a mixture of just like a regular flex rap in like the first verse. And then in like the second and third verses, he kind of gets into like describing what he's seen on the news. In the third verse, he describes a black man getting pulled over and the predicament of blackness in the situation. So, like, if he reaches for his ID, they think it, they'll think he's reaching for a gun. He puts his hands up. They still shoot him. He runs away. They shoot him in the back. Um, and so, like, I thought that was interesting. Like, how it's just sort of like seamlessly put into this track that's otherwise just about banging. And, I was like, just about to say dope. that. That's like that's like their usual style with Griselda. I mean, and that's how the song kind of has that format where it's like the first half of it. It's like a typical, you know, Griselda song, shoot 'em up bars, flexing, you know, I'm fly, like that sort of stuff. But Conway always has like a style where it's kind of like a stream of consciousness sort of vibe to it. So for me, you know, with the way that his uh, topics and subject matter normally just like go from one thing to the next, for, for him to just like have a point in the verse where it's just dedicated to this, where it's like it goes from describing the George, watching the George Floyd tape to like then describing the you know the conditions of black people and police. It just it, yeah. like you really you know he really felt it, especially as a fan who's listened to a bunch of his music before. It's like oh man, yeah, that this shit was really on his mind. You know what I mean? And he just yeah, had yeah. to put that into the song like that. Yeah. And I'm I'm also noticing with this this in this and it's in a lot of the other songs that we have is um, you're kind of seeing the effects of like how the media coverage of this is kind of like affecting some of the music because everybody is using samples from yeah. news footage. Yeah, and this or, one he samples a newscaster describing the third precinct getting burnt down in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. and you'll, you'll see that as a trend in a lot of the other songs that we have too. So then up next we got Cupcakes, Lemon Pepper, which is a pretty standard ratchet track from this Chicago spitter. Let's check it out. I mean, I uh, think it's dope that half the proceeds are going to the Minnesota Freedom Fund to help bail out those arrested over uh, protests for George Floyd's murder. I think it's an earnest gesture to me because it's like, like we were talking about earlier with the questions, not everybody is going to have the right words or even 
the desire to speak directly on the situation. But if you want to party and still contribute to the cause, help out and contribute to it in some way, I think, you know, I think the heart's in the right place. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely. Up next, we got probably, I'd have to say just from what I've been seeing is probably the most popular song out of this crop of songs that have been made. Yeah, The Bigger Picture by Atlanta rapper Lil Baby. Let's let's hear that real quick. Alright, so what were your thoughts on that? Um, so I really like this track because it's really uncomplicated lyrically, unlike a lot of political or conscious hip-hop, which tends to turn people off with some of its density. Um, it gives off a defiant ambiance and tells a story or like a train of thought that's fairly easy to follow. And so like, I think it's really powerful in its simplicity. I think even though like it's basic in terms of rhyme schemes and stuff, he's flowing consistently throughout it. And I mean, I always think that, like you just said, the biggest problem with sometimes when rappers are trying to get across a message with songs is sometimes they try to pack a little bit too much information into the lines and it yeah, kind of yeah. takes away from how the song sounds to someone's yes. ear. So with this, it's just like, I, I was even just listening to this just for like, to write some notes on it. It's like I just, next thing I knew, I had listened to it like 12 times in a yeah, row. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is really, I, I dig it just because again, whenever it feels real and it feels like it's honest, that's when I, I really like Yeah, you, you can really feel Lil Baby working through, you know, he talks about like, why not start here? Why not start now? He might not have always been involved in this kind of work, but now he's here and now he's showing up. Um, he's working through various things. He thought some lines I saw you pull out, corrupted police been a problem where I'm from, but I'd be lying if I said it was all of them. It just, to it's me, just it's just like, like an example. Exactly. It's a conflicted nature just coming out there on the song because like, he probably could have thought about that message a little bit more. And like if you if you thought about if he was thinking about it and thinking about what people thought, he probably would have been like, man, maybe I shouldn't say something good about the cops or if he's like, presenting a nuanced perspective that. that is like not always commonly found. You find a lot of anti-cop songs within the hip hop literature, but to have a kind of a nuanced perspective like that, to acknowledge that a lot of people in our communities do trust the police or some of them or see their utility like I think it's a needed counterpoint in this moment even if I don't necessarily agree and then it's dope on top of all this that proceeds from the bigger picture are going to the National Association of Black Journalists to Breonna Taylor's attorney the bail project as well as Black Lives Matter that's really dope yeah um up next we have um D Smoke featuring Sir with the track Let Go. D Smoke is the winner of the, uh, I believe, Rhythm and Flow, the Netflix series. Oh, yeah, series. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to check this out. How you supposed to protest with no chest? A big heart, but they closed down all the gyms. Wish you had both flex. A Rolex. Yeah, that shit is smooth. Yo. It's like an emotional ride where you go from hearing them wax poetic about the black condition in the first verse, and then in the second verse, He's like, it's really well rapped. It's like a personal account of him being pulled over by the cops. He even mentions how he wrote the song, he wrote this verse on the day that George Floyd died. Then the third verse, he's like a lot more animated. He's like, fuck this, you know what I mean? Kind of going in on the conditions. So yeah. it has that sort of build to a climax that was really dope. Up next, we got Dre's captured on an iPhone. So this is Florida-based Dre of Cool and Dre, not to be confused with Dr. Dre, <laughs> who dedicates this song to folks whose murders weren't filmed, the folks that don't become hashtags. Like Will Smith said, I think in 2016, racism get, isn't getting worse, it's getting filmed. Let's check this out. The nice team to drop. Tell me what you die for. This for the souls that ain't get captured on an iPhone. So I really love that he samples Gil Scott Heron's The Revolution Will Not Be Televised on lockdown. Actually, J-Rock in his feature talks about how the revolution will not be televised. And so I feel I'm like I'm really stoked that people are hearkening back to like the revolutionary roots of spoken word that Gil kind of helped boost into the mainstream yeah. back in his day. Like, I'm glad we're kind of circling back around to those ideas now. It's interesting as well that Dre cites his inspiration for the track, that he's a huge fan of MWA, Ice Cube, Pub Public Enemy, and Tupac, and that, you know, they spoke truth of power in their music, and he felt compelled to, feel, to do the same. 
Interestingly, he takes a different stance on violence against cops than some of his idols when he says, In search for more than just a message here, how about I send one, spend the block, light the precinct up, and hit a cop? You crazy? You talking about killing cops? Fuck that. All I see is ops bumping iced tea in the drop. So, like, he's like, Nah, niggas, don't be out here fucking killing cops. And he's very right. I interpreted that as... Not necessarily a declaration, but again, like one of those internal monologues. Because even it, it almost sounds like the you crazy, you talking about killing cops should have a different voice to it. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, like he's, it's in the drop hit a cop. You crazy, you talking about killing cops? You it's know? like the angel and the devil yeah, on the other exactly. shoulder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I really am excited to talk about my favorite track in this whole crop is Terrace Martin featuring Denzel Curry, Daylit, and Kamasi Washington, as well as G Perico. Pig feet. Pig feet. So fucking dope. Let's check this out. Yeah. Okay, now instantly. It gives me a Rage Against the Machine kind of vibe on the beat work. But then Kamasi Washington with the sax also puts this layer of like 70s black exploitation film score in it. You know what that sax reminds me of? Um, have you ever seen Spike Lee's Malcolm X? Yeah. The uh, score uh, was done by Terrence Blanchard, and it has like that sort of crazy wily jazz sax to it. it. That really reminds me of that. I thought that that was the almost. The, I wonder if that was the feel that they were going for. With yeah, it, yeah. But um, yeah, another song is really good. Daylight's verse. <sighs> Ew. Very impressionistic. Like I kind of don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but I feel it. <laughs> Feel it though, so and then I like how you know in the first verse, Denzel refers to the classic Snoop Dogg line from Dr. Dre's '92 Little Ghetto Boy when he talks about murder was the case they gave me. Yet another throwback to some OG, some OG lines. Um, what do you think about so like in contrast to the devil on either shoulder in the Dre song, the cool of Cool and Dre? Um, the, this one in the intro, a woman is heard screaming because an unarmed person was just killed by the police. And then halfway through the song, her voice is heard again, and a man is heard calling for his homie to swing the car around, and him cocking a gun for revenge. Again, I, I don't necessarily think that everything that every depiction is advocacy. You know what I'm saying? So just because a song is bringing forth that point of view, I don't think that. The instant message for that is, oh, let's get a gun and go fight, you know, shoot, shoot cops and get revenge. It's just, it's just painting like a mind frame and like, you know, a state of mind that people are in. People are hurting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. People are angry, people are upset, and that's what art is for, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just me. I, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that shit controls your brain. I know better than that. That's game. And then, of course, we got to talk about RTJ4, which was oh, yeah. already slated to come out in I think June. It was, yeah, it was slated to come out a little bit later, but they released it early, and they released it kind of for free, where you could just stream it and get it. Yeah, so. But they've already I've always embraced this revolutionary aesthetic, if not, like, over, you know... I mean, just listening to it, you hear... You hear lines and gems throughout the album where you're like, damn, these motherfuckers write this shit like now? You know what I'm saying? So right, it right, has right, that right. feel they to it. They kind of been about that life. I mean, like, it's it's a brutal contrast between what Killer Mike had to say in his uh, press conference mm. with Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms um, when violence was starting to break out in Atlanta, um, urging people to, you know, vote urging people to not burn stuff down because of all the black businesses in Atlanta versus this nigga been spitting about like when you niggas gonna unite and kill the police motherfuckers for like years and so like I just have to take it with a grain of salt it's like music I want to put on and like bop to as I like get hyped up to go out in the streets and stuff but like I mean I hear you this is another one of those instances where it's like I think rappers have the freedom or artists have the freedom to not be literal in everything that they do, you know. But also, it's like the music clashing with the realities of real life. I don't know, maybe we can ask him about this one day. We'll ask him one day, we'll ask him one day. My favorite line on RTJ4, though, is when he is when Mike goes, I support the sex workers unionizing their services. <laughs> Shout out to the sex workers. Shout out to I know them. it's hard times in a pandemic for y'all. Hazard pay. The, the main reason that the RTJ is an honorable mention there is just because of when it was made. Because a lot of, as a matter of fact, I think all of the songs that we actually put on the list were actually written and They're, recorded yeah, yeah. in this last month. So 
Yeah. And with that is our episode. That's it. You feel like rapping? Of course I feel like rapping. You guys want to hear us rap? Of course you want to hear us rap. Let's get a beat. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dope. <laughs> Kick it. Uh, so food for thought, but not that proper supper sustenance. More like some squash or butternut process for pumpkin dip. Couple of lumps in it, but otherwise smooth. So the assumption is the substance when I really honestly haven't said nothing yet. Equal parts exhibitionist and glutton for punishment. People hearted existentialists not worthy really publishing. Better vocab, so fat. Well, if you understood, you'd understand that these stanzas are functionally subjectless. But I guess it's a cut above all that duck from the dumpster shit that radios relish. The clubs bumping the youngsters dick. Watch me whip. Watch me nay nay. Watch me get fucking puppeted for profit by some highly accomplished Harvard economist. Since we caught the flip, Doc Martin's propped on the coffin lids of all the workers and all of the offices who ought to stick together but often stick with they hollow dollar sins. Watching out for they Benjamins and they Washingtons. Some food for thought. Do I enrich or do I entertain? I could spit it political. Never get any plays and said I'm shredding metaphors up in my kitchen aid. Sending them in centigrade and sending them out spinning. Yo, hey yo, this is the story. Y'all about how the knife came up with a new lifestyle that you like wow i'm tired of seeing you iced out i'm fucking pissed i ain't trying to be too nice now it all started at age six when i came to hate this makeshift matrix i'm talking about fake shit then i became eight bitch like i got a facelift the grapes hip then i got the urge to say shit 13 i went crazy and started to hear things thought i could rebel a bit by getting a piercing earring i didn't give a damn with my piercing thing and then i got crazy started thinking of weird things like being on a motherfucking podcast where i could grab the microphone and hew the bombast talk hella shit like a militant still equipped the rap is rapping like you illiterate i've been dope since i was a little kid now i'm just sitting here rapping till i'm skinny with them little ribs i'm eating so many rappers i need to get a bib we about to end the see you next week and hear our shit hey See you next week. My name is Dope Knife. I'm Lingua Franca. And we are waiting, waiting on, on reparations. reparations. Hurry up. Waiting on Reparations is a production of iHeartRadio. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.